All right, all right. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, make a little big noise. Excited to be here. Man, it is so good to see you guys. I want to welcome everybody online and everyone at our Ashland campus. Come on, can we give it up for our Ashland campus? We love you guys all in Ashland. So thankful for what God is doing there in Boyd County. You know, today, all over the world, all over the world, people are talking about Jesus. This day is set aside like all of, like this is Super Bowl Sunday for the church. I think every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, but this is a day where everyone across the world is talking about Jesus. They are telling stories about Jesus. They're inviting people to come and receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They are trying to explain who Jesus is and how do you see Jesus. I mean, come on, could you imagine 2,000 years ago Nobody wants to imagine 2,000 years ago, but could you just go with me for a moment? Like, could you imagine 2,000 years ago, right? You got off work and you hear about Jesus is in town and, and you go sit beside Jesus and you begin to hear his teachings. He begins to talk about in these parables and ways you've never heard someone taught before. You, you walked with Jesus. You saw him like raise people from the dead. You saw him heal a blind man. You, you saw him heal somebody who couldn't walk. You saw him take a long John Silver meal and feed 5,000 men, not including women and children, and you needed no tums afterwards. Can I get a witness? Some of you had some bad experiences, but anyway... I mean, could you imagine you're sitting with Jesus and he tells you, I am here, I am God's son, I'm gonna die, but three days later, I'm gonna get up out of the grave and you still don't see him. You saw all the miracles. People say all the time, well, man, if I was back then with Jesus, I would follow Jesus because I could see him and I would see what he had done. But a lot of people did not even recognize who he is. In fact, there's a recording in the scriptures where he sat down with the disciples and he's playing with them with the question and he said, who do people say that I am? Well, what, what are the people saying about me on Facebook, like in your workplace and, 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 the, and the Craig and Kravitz? They're like, well, what, what are they saying about me? And some say, man, some say you're like a prophet and some say you're like Elijah who's been reborn. And... But then Jesus asked this question, who do you say that I am? And there's gonna come a point in every single one of our lives where we have to answer that question, who do you think Jesus is? Who do you see Jesus as? Who is Jesus to you? Some of you have answered that silently. You don't even respond to it. Some of you are thinking about it. Some of you have already answered that question. You even say, yes, he is Lord, or you willfully reject, no, he's not. And so no matter where you find yourself today, I just wanna invite you and with this question, how do you see Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a good teacher? There's religions out there that say he was a great teacher. There's other religions out there that says he was a prophet from God and he came and he spoke on God's behalf. Some say he was a great rabbi in the first century. Some will even go far and say he is the Messiah, he is the Savior, the one that the Old Testament told us that was coming. But the question is, who do you say Jesus is. How do you see Jesus? So if you have your Bibles, what I want you to do, I want you to go with me to John chapter 20, and I want you to wait right there for me. I'm gonna meet you there at John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, it's gonna be on the screen, so you can grab the uh, version Bible app and go to John chapter 20. I'll be using the NIV this morning. And, and so when you think about the last three days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you just briefly, I don't have time to go into all the details, about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but Jesus 
was up all night long praying and watching to see what God was gonna do on Thursday night. Now, just a little side note for context. The Hebrew calendar, the days for the Jews, started at 6 p.m. So 6 p.m. would be like our 12 a.m. 6 p.m. begins the new day. So at 6 p.m. on Thursday night started the new day, which would be Friday. And it goes from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. That's very important in the context when you understand this story. So now it's Thursday night, it's after 6 p.m. The new day has begun. Now it is beginning to be Friday at 6 p.m., what we would say on Thursday. Jesus has the Last Supper and he washes the disciples' feet and they hey, take the Last Supper together and Judas goes out and betrays Jesus. Jesus goes to the garden and he begins to pray and watch all night to see what God's going to do. Early in the morning, Judas comes back with all the, the Roman soldiers to arrest Jesus. And so they arrest Jesus very early in the morning. So it's like two or three o'clock in the morning, if you wanna say really, really, really late at night. They take Jesus and they put him on trial. And so they get up, watch this, at 6 a.m. on Friday morning to us, at 6 a.m. on Friday morning, Jesus is brought to Pilate to be put on trial at 6 a.m. in the morning. Like they've been up all night trying to figure out how they're gonna accuse him and what they're gonna go to say about him. And Pilate says, listen, after about an hour integrating Jesus, like, man, I find nothing wrong with this guy. I don't want him to do with him. Send him to Herod. So they take Jesus, they transport him over to Herod, and Herod says, I've, I've heard about you, and I'm very interested to hear what's going on in your life. Are you say who they say? Are you really the king of kings, the Lord of lords? And Jesus is silent, really don't say anything. And, and finally, Herod's like, man, this, what, you guys, what are you trying to do to this man? I find nothing wrong with this man. This is innocent. Send him back down to Pilate. So they take Jesus, and they take him back to Pilate. And Pilate's like, man, I told you I found nothing wrong with this guy. Now it's around about 8.30 on Friday morning, but because every time at this time of the year, I release one prisoner. So who do you want? Do you want me to release Barabbas or do you want to release Jesus? And the people begin to, sell, begin to yell, I want you to release Barabbas, Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And so between nine and 11 o'clock, they, they beat him, they pull out his beard, they flog him, that's when they put the crown of thorns on him, they, put, they mock him as being the king of the Jews. And then they crucify him between two criminals. You see, Pilate and Herod saw Jesus but said there's nothing wrong with this guy. He's just a good guy, I'll go around teaching stuff. He's not no harm. I've heard about his things about compassion and love he has on people and, and that stuff. I, find, I see him as his good man, but there's nothing wrong with him. The, the leading chief Pharisees and, and, and religious people saw him as a deceiver. I'll show you that just in a moment. The Roman soldiers saw Jesus just as a common criminal. Let's just crucify him. And, and thousands and thousands of people have been crucified. The Romans had perfected the crucifixion. So Jesus is not the only ones that have been crucified. Thousands of people. So he's just a commonly criminal. Let's just crucify him with the rest of the guys like it's no big deal. And then we'll go home and eat dinner tonight and eat, drink, and be merry. They, they, to them, it's no, nothing. Just common and criminal. And so they raised Jesus up, he's crucified between the two, and all of a sudden, from 12 o'clock at noon to 3 p.m. that day, the Bible says that darkness came across the entire earth. Like, I don't know, was there an eclipse that God had the sun? Was it so cloudy that it looked like it was pitch dark? I don't know, I wasn't there, probably you weren't either, but somewhere between 12 and 3, the Bible says the, the whole earth was covered in darkness. At 3 p.m., Jesus looks up and he gives his spirit up to the Father, and he breathes his last breath. The earth began to shake. The Roman soldier at the cross now saw him, and here's what he said, surely this was the Son of God. 
Well, these two secret followers of Jesus, Joseph and Nicodemus, came up to, to Pilate and said, Pilate, listen, it's custom for our Jews that, listen, there's a couple things. It's 3 p.m. At 6 p.m. begins the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, we can't touch dead people. We'll become unclean. Our commands tells us that we can't work on the Sabbath, and if you're executed, you gotta be buried the same day. So Herod, can, can we take the body of Jesus down, do the proper burial, get him by 6 p.m. into a tomb before the, before the Sabbath begins? Because if not, he's gonna hang there all day long today, the rest of the day, all day tomorrow, before we can get his body down. And Paul's like, sure, go ahead. Sure, whatever you wanna do, it's no big deal, take it down. So these two secret followers of Jesus, Joseph and Nicodemus, they take the body of Jesus down, they take it, they wrap him up in linen, they put all these spices, they hurry, they see the time, they gotta stop what's going, they're going, they find a borrowed tomb, they find an empty tomb, they take him to a tomb, they put Jesus in a tomb, and I'm not being disrespectful, but they put Jesus in a tomb, and then they roll the stone away, and woo, six, it's like 5.59 p.m. Oh, we did it. And now for the Jews, they can't lift a finger. They've already prepared all their meals for the Sabbath because the law commanded they could do no work. So now your entire world's been turned upside down. The one who healed people, did miracles, performed all these great mighty works are now buried in a tomb and you're thinking, how is this even possible? Saturday comes, Saturday morning, which would be still the Sabbath that morning. For us, it'd be Saturday morning. The chief Pharisees wake up and say, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I remembered that he told everyone that once you kill him, that in three days later, he's gonna get up out of the grave. What if the disciples go and steal the body of Jesus and then, and then they convince everybody he got up out of the grave? We gotta do something about it. So they, they run in there real quick, say, oh, Paul Pilate, oh, Roman God, you know, you're the greatest, you're the best, all this stuff. Hey, we, sorry to bother you. Yesterday was so good. You know, you did what we wanted you to do and you did a real quick trial for us. Thank you, by the way. Uh, but um, there's a problem. We heard this guy, Jesus, who is the deceiver, they called Jesus the deceiver. That's how they saw Jesus as a deceiver. Told his disciples that in three days after he dies, he's gonna get up out of the grave. So, so listen, oh majesty, would you please do us a favor? And I was like, what would you want? Would you go put your Roman soldier guards to guard the tomb? And then would you put your signature seal? We love your seal, by the way. Thank you. We really love your seal. Could you put your signature seal on the stone so no one knows to touch it? And Pilate said, sure, whatever you need, go do it. And guards follow them, do whatever they need to do. And you can read the Bible says the guards went and they went and they stood guard at the tomb and they put the Roman seal on the stone so that no one could roll the stone away. And now the chief priests go home that night. The Sabbath ends at 6 p.m. And they're like, we did this. Okay, we put this guy, Jesus, away. He's a deceiver. Now let's go on about our business. But Sunday came. And on Sunday morning, the women got up really, 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 really early. And they put their spices together and they got all their alloy, all the stuff that they use and their perfume and their, and their, and their you know, fragrances. And they got everything together to finish the proper burial because they only had three hours quickly before the Sabbath came. So here we have Mary Magdalene. We have Mary, the mother of James not the mother of Jesus, but the mother of James. And then we have Joanna. And they're all are on their way to the tomb. And then if you read the text, what's fascinating about it, I'm sitting here scratching my head going, which one of y'all ladies been working out going to roll that stone away? You know what I'm saying? 
Like, come on, which, how, you, how are you three legs going to roll the stone away? How are you going to remove the Roman guards? How are you going to remove the seal? Like, I'm thinking in my mind. But they thought the same thing. Because as you see, we, we see in the text here in Matthew 28, as they were going, they were having everything in place, and they thought to themselves, huh, uh, we forgot to figure out who's going to roll the stone away. And then verse 28 happens. Watch this. Matthew 28. You stay at John 20. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I mean, that's a boss right there, isn't it? Like he rolled that thing like a boss. Like he just descended. The earth shook. You roll the stone and you sit down on something. All right, get you something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a boss right there. Like when you do that, like you, you the man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's great. So you can imagine. Now watch this. The women are still walking towards the tomb. Next thing they know, the earth begins to shake. So they're like, okay, the earthquake, this is, this is crazy. We had one yesterday when Jesus died. Now there's another one. See, put yourself in the story. You're on your way, and when you get there, you already see the stone rolled away. At this time, Mary Magdalene just drops everything, and she runs and tells the disciple. But the other two women, they're curious, so they get a little closer and they walk down into the tomb. They see these angels, and the angel says, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Don't you remember in Galilee what he told you? That he was gonna be handed over to, to the sinners, and they're gonna be crucified, but then three days later, get up out of the grave. Don't you remember? Don't you see him? Didn't you recognize him? Didn't you see him what, for being the son of God for the things that he told you would happen? Then all of a sudden, the ladies left, and now the search is on because all the disciples have been scattered. They're finding the disciples. Where's Thomas? Where's Bartholomew? Where, where, where's Peter? Where's James? Where's John? And they find, And the Bible tells us, Luke records that the women found the disciples and he, they ran in there and said, you're not gonna believe this. Someone has took the body. We don't know what's happened. The stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Now they didn't know, did someone steal it? Did he get up out of the grave? Like what is going on? And Luke records the disciples' response. And you know what the disciples said? The one who walked with Jesus three years, watch him heal the dead, walk on water. Do you know what they said? This is nonsense. They didn't even see it. They told the women, this is nonsense. Listen to what you're saying. It's over. But Mary Magdalene, she finally found Peter and John. And when she told them, these two disciples took off running full speed towards the tomb like they're going to win this marathon. They're going to win the gold. I mean, they just took off at a drop of the hat and ran full force all the way to the tomb. And that's what we pick up in John chapter 20. So y'all ready for the sermon? That's just the introduction. So pray for your boy. I got 15 minutes and two seconds to close this thing out here. So I want you to watch this. Here's the, here's the sermon. John 20. I'm going to read this passage, verses 4 through 8, and I'm going to come back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down for you. It says this. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Is that not hilarious? John is writing about himself. This is the apostle John. The apostle John says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples and, 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 and one of them and Peter took off running. And the one who's writing this is actually the one who beat Peter. I want it to go down in history of the world on Easter Sunday when people read this, that John is faster than Peter. Is that not hilarious? Is that not like when people say, the Bible's boring, the Bible's not boring, you're boring. The Bible's not boring, it's so fascinating. 
Okay, John, you came in first place and now all over the world knows you're faster than Peter. I'm so, I'm so glad he put that in there. Verse five, John bent over. He didn't go into the tomb. He bent over and he looked. Everybody say looked. He looked and he saw the linens lying there. He didn't see someone get up like a mummy and unwrap themselves like this and take this all off. He saw the linens lying there in place as if the body disappeared and all of a sudden the linens just fell, the outline of the body. And where they had his head wrapped, the linen was lying right there. So it was like he was there, but his body disappeared and he saw it, but he did not go in. He just looked, verse five says, at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then verse six, Simon Peter came along behind him. Okay, John, we get the point. And watch this, Peter didn't care. Peter didn't stop. He didn't evaluate. Watch this, Peter went straight, look what it says in verse six, he went straight into the tomb. He ran down into the tomb, right into the empty tomb, and it says he saw, everybody say saw. Very important. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. So now they're sitting there going, okay, somebody didn't unravel him. He didn't unravel himself. It's lying there. There was where his head was. There's the blood from his nail scar hands. There's his body, but there's no body there. And he saw that. And then verse eight. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first. Can you get past yourself, John? <laughs> like, come, okay, we get the point. If you don't leave with anything today, here's what you know. The apostle John is very fast. That's all you get on Easter Sunday. We are glad you're here. Verse eight, finally, finally, the other disciple had reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw. Everybody say saw. Come on, Ashland campus, I wanna hear you. Everybody say saw. He saw and believed and believed Jesus had risen. At that very moment, he recognized and knew he did not unwrap himself. Someone didn't steal the body. There's no way that someone can steal his body and then wrap everything back and look like a person has been lying there. This is impossible. And it said he saw and believed. And when I read this text, when I've studied this text, here's what I want you to understand. John gets there and he says he looked. Jesus ran, I mean, John, Peter ran in and said he saw. And then John went back in and it said he saw. In our English translations of the Bible, we really don't pay attention to those words. But in the Greek, all three of those words are different. You could say, look, did you see? Have you seen? Did you notice? It's all about, you would think in English, the exact same thing, but not in Greek. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write this. John wrote different Greek words that would say the exact same thing that you and I would think as we read the English text. And these three words, in my opinion, you may find yourself in one of these three Greek words today. The first thing it says when John ran and it said he bent over and he looked into the tomb. 
This is a Greek word called blepo. And what it means, it means to look but not pay attention to and not notice. It means you saw, but you're really not noticing really what has taken place. And I would go as far to say that's some of you today. You notice Jesus, but you're not paying attention to him. You're here, you're checking the box off. I got my Sunday dress best on. We're gonna have a little bit of Easter egg hunt. Take some pictures with the family. I'm here. I know about Jesus, but I don't notice him. He's not in my marriage. He's not in my life. He's not in my finance. He's not in my career. He's not in my sports. He's not with my academics. He's not in my relationships. Like, I, I, I'm here, and I see there's a Jesus, and the tomb is empty, but I don't notice him. And I, I just wonder how many of you here today that you would find yourself going, you know what, that's, 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 that's kind of tough, but that, that, that's probably right. That's me. I know about him, but I really don't notice him. But then Peter runs directly right into the tomb, and the Bible says he saw the linen, and the Greek word there, saw, is theron. It's where we get our word theory. So, so Peter runs in, and now he's going, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. How's this possible? There's the linens, there's the stone. Who rolled the stone away? How could this have happened? And what he's doing is he's theorizing in his mind, is this true? Could he really have risen? Could he really be alive? And he's, he's examining the evidence. And maybe you're that person today. Man, I'm here just checking this God thing out. My wife told me to come, and I told her I'd come because she begged me to finally come. Or, you know, you got your kids here. and said, Mom just dragged me to church today, and I told her I'd go to get her off my back, and Mom finally brought me here, and, you know, and, and I believe, and, and I'm, I'm examining this stuff. I'm trying to see if this stuff is for real, you know. I see it working in my wife's life, and I've heard about my friend who started going to church and how God saved him and changed his life, but I, I just don't know yet. Like, I, I, like, how did it all happen? You got this great cosmos, and, like, you know, is, is, can this really have happened? And you're evaluating and you're theorizing, can this Jesus really be true? And maybe you're here today and you fall into that camp going, now I'm here and I'm glad you're here. But I'm on this journey, I'm seeking, I'm searching, I'm examining the evidence, I'm watching how people live who say they're Christians, which by the way is the wrong people to watch. <laughs> because some of the meanest people I've met in my life claim to be Christians. That's why you gotta get your eyes on Jesus, not on other people. But you're theorizing, maybe that's you. And then finally, John goes in. And when he runs into the tomb, this word saw for him in the Greek is edon. And it means to perceive the evidence and believe it in your heart. John knew at that very moment when he went in and he examined it, he went in, didn't notice, but now he notices, he sees, and he believes. And what my prayer is today for you and all over the world today is that when people stand up and share the gospel today, that people will see an empty tomb, they will examine what has been preached, and just like the apostle John, they will perceive and believe that Jesus got up out of the grave. Now, could you imagine that day? Could you imagine how your whole world been turned upside down? Friday, Jesus is buried. Saturday, Sunday morning, the tomb is empty and he's alive. And the Bible tells us 
that that evening, a special meeting was called. And all the disciples got together in an upper room, just a guest room into, in a house, locked the door and says, what is going on? How can this be? And they're all probably debating. Do you remember when he says the Son of Man's gonna be lifted up? Do you remember when he said this? And do you remember how he did this? Do you remember when he prayed and we heard him praying to the Father and we didn't understand what cup he meant as the cup surpassed from? Like, remember, I'm starting to piece this together. And then all of a sudden, look what happens in John 20, verse 19. It says, on that evening of the first day of the week, that was that evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, poof, and stood among them. Like he just walked through the door, like bam, here I am. And here's what he says, peace be with you. Why do I need peace? Because I'm scared to death. Is this a ghost? Are you a spirit? How did you just walk through a door? How do you just appear? So he says, peace be with you, and look what he says. He said this, he showed them his hands and the sides and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw. Everybody say saw. That word saw is the exact same word John had. Everyone of the disciples at that moment believed. They saw the evidence and they believed. And I know what some of you would say. Well, if I was there and I saw someone die and I saw them after three days walking around, I would believe. Do you know the Bible records that over 500 people, eyewitnesses saw Jesus? Over 500 eyewitnesses. Could you imagine having 500 people testify and they all say the same thing? Yeah, man, I was at work in the marketplace and I saw Jesus walk by. How do you sure it was Jesus? Well, man, I saw the scars in his hands. He reached out and grabbed a piece of fruit and I saw the scar hands. Like I saw him testify. Next person, yeah, man, we're walking. I saw, they, 500 plus people testified about Jesus. They saw and they believed. But there was one disciple not with them. And this disciple gets a bad rap at the end here. And his name was Thomas. All the disciples left and they went and found Thomas. And they said, Thomas, you're not gonna believe this. We saw the master, we saw the Messiah, we saw Jesus, he is alive. And Thomas said exactly what you would have said. I will not believe unless I see it myself. I will not believe unless I put my finger in the hole in his hand and I put my hand in the side of where the spear hit him. I will not believe until I see. Don't judge him because you would have said the same thing. And he gets a bad rap here at the end calling, being called Doubting Thomas. But don't forget, just a few chapters before this, he told all the disciples, let's go with Jesus and die as he goes back to resurrect Lazarus. He goes, I'm willing to die for Jesus. You willing to die for Jesus, Peter? I'm willing to die, let's go. I'll die with you, Jesus, let's go. But he did exactly what you would say. I will not believe unless I see. And then the very next thing happened, this is, this is fascinating. If you look at verse 26, in John 20 and verse 26, it says a week later. So this is Sunday evening again, a week later, Sunday evening, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. John wants us to know this. This is all about Thomas right here. And though the doors were locked, Jesus again, boom, here he is, and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, he looked at Thomas and he said, put your finger here in my hands, reach out, put your hand into my side, stop doubting and believe. Literally it says, stop becoming unbelief and start becoming belief. You can see. 
And what I love about this, Jesus didn't chastise him. Jesus didn't scold him. Jesus wasn't even mad at him. Jesus healed him. And the same thing is true for you today. And then verse 28, here it is. Look what Thomas says. He said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus spoke something so profound that he wanted every one of you and everyone online and everyone at our Ashland campus to know. What I'm about to read, what Jesus says, listen to me. Don't, you gotta remove from 2,000 years and bring it to the day. This is exactly, Jesus knew you would be here. I just wanna encourage you. Some of you here this morning, he's like, Pastor, you don't know my past. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know what I said. You don't know what I've tried. You don't know how bad it's been. You just, there's no way God could forgive me. There's no way God would ever do anything like that in my life. Listen to me. I wanna encourage you this morning. You wouldn't even be here if God wasn't doing something in your life. For you just to be here is evidence that he has brought you to a place to hear, not to scold you, not to chastise you, not to shame you, but to heal you. And he said something to every single one of us. Look what he says in verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. And then here it is. Look what he says. Blessed are those, who are those? All of us. Everyone now in the world who's hearing the message of Jesus today. Look what it says. Blessed are those who have not seen. You've not seen the nail scar hands. You have not seen my side. But blessed are those who have not seen, watch this, and yet believe. Because he knew a day was coming you'd be sitting right here and you will be looking for Jesus but you don't notice him you're thinking about Jesus theoretically and trying to put pieces together how could this work how could this be but then he says but if you would just receive and believe by faith you are blessed you are more blessed than the ones who I witnessed it that's how much he loves you some people believed immediately some people had to believe with direct evidence. Some people believed indirectly based on what other people have said, and that is us today. And so here's what I want you to know. Today, he has come for you. Today, he wants to heal you. And here it is. He is here. Do you see him? I'm going to ask if you would just to bow your head just for a moment. say thank you for coming and worshiping with us today we're really super excited about what God is doing in our cities through Better Life Church but I want you to know today yes it's all about Jesus but the reason it's all about Jesus is because he came and died for you and so my question is this do you believe Do you need more evidence? Will you take the testimony of 500 plus people 2,000 years later 
of eyewitnesses 2,000 years later with billions of lives that have been changed. And today you can believe. Not just theorize it, not just without notice, but you can believe. Here's what the Bible says. That if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in your heart. Here it is. That God raised him from the dead. He said, if you believe that, you will be saved. And you may say, saved from what, Pastor? You would be saved from your sins, which will save you from the wrath of God. That's what you're saved from. So what do I do? Well, the Bible says just believe. And so we like to confess it with our mouth. Saying a prayer will not save you. Walking an aisle will not save you. Checking a box will not save you. But if my heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God resurrected him from the dead, if my heart declares that, then my lips can proclaim it. And so if, you, if that is you at both of our campuses or watching online, if that is you right now, you can say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today, as best as I know, I'm going to repent of my sin and I'm gonna put all my faith and trust in you. if that is you we believe the Bible is true that whoever calls on the name of the Lord whoever's whoever no matter what is happening whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and so if that is you and you prayed for me at all all of our campuses I want you to do me a favor I'm not here to embarrass you I'm not coming to you our campus pastor or host is going to come out just in a moment they're going to share with you your next steps because we're all about helping people take next steps and following Jesus. We want to help you. That's why we exist as a local body, is to help you take next steps and follow Jesus. But if that was you and you boldly prayed today, like the disciples who finally believe, like Thomas who finally believed, if you want to join in that, and you would be so boldly just to let me know and say, Pastor, I just want you to know, today I gave my life to Jesus. I believe. If that is you, would you do something so bold? Would you just raise your hand for me? I want to pray for you. Awesome. Anybody else? Come on. I just want to pray for you. So thankful for you. God, thank you so much for what you're doing at all of our campuses. God, in our city, in our midst. I pray that today is not just another day, that we don't go and unnotice in you, we don't go just theorize, but God, we leave here today believing that you are who you say you are. And so across the world today, Father, I pray that you will save people, that you will draw them to yourself. You will see, let them know how much you love them, so much that you sent your son to die for them. I cannot wait to see what you're gonna do this week in this world because of the people's lives who've been changed. For us in Jesus' name we ask and we pray and everybody said, amen. Thank you all so much for joining us online today. We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you. But anyways, guys, man, we are, uh, like I said, just so glad that you were able to join us. And maybe today uh, you're curious about maybe what your next step 
is on your journey with Jesus, or maybe today you took your very first step of giving your life to Jesus. And first off, I just wanna say, man, I am so proud of you. And man, God is gonna do something amazing in and through you. But we just wanna celebrate with you. Like I said, whether you're curious what your next step may be, or maybe it was your first step in following Jesus, I wanna encourage you all to go to betterlife.church slash next steps. Let us know just so we can help you on your journey with Jesus and also celebrate with you. But also, if you would like to financially uh, support what God is doing in this region, uh, in your city, in, in your town, or just all over the world, you can go to betterlife.church slash give, and you can financially support Better Life Ministry and what God is doing here. Also, just like to say, if you have uh, if you want to stay connected with us throughout the week, you can download the Better Life Church app on any major platform. Stay connected with us. We have scripture there. We have so many things there to connect with you just throughout the week as well. But anyways, guys, thank you all so much for checking us out online today. And we cannot wait to connect with you. See you next week.